Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Blessedly recorded at the PW offices in New York City, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, co-editor of PW Comics World, and editor of The Fanatic, PW's twice-a-month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And you can find us on Twitter at, at PWComicsWorld. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr, PWComicsWorld.tumblr.com. Don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. And on Facebook, we're at Facebook.com slash PWComicsWorld. And don't forget, you can also leave us a rating or a thumbs up or some kind of validation of what we do on any of the platforms on which you can find this podcast. So please give us some feedback. We love to hear from our listeners. Talk to us, why don't you? All right, this week on More to Come, World's Finest, DC and Webtoon team up. Print delays, look out. Uh, Z2 moves to Lunar for distribution. There's a new creative team on Batman and Pandemic Con. New York Comic Con issues safety updates. All right. World's finest. All right. Web comics app meets yes. the DC universe. Yeah. Well, I think we'd all been calling for this. I mean, saying that DC sure. or Marvel moving to a web comics mm-hmm. platform was a total no brainer. Sure. And they finally decided that it was a no brainer sure. and announced that, uh, no details, absolutely no details. No, just there will be DC yeah. comics on webtoons, and they will be done by webtoons creators. So you yes. will not see, you know, Tom King and, for now. And um, I don't think we're ever going to see them well, on there. I don't know. I well. think I think this is a way for them to try out new talent from this talent pool. But I think, because I wouldn't be surprised if somebody does really well on their webtoon if they give them an offer for a regular. But I also think that if there are some standard creators who are interested in it, I don't think they'd tell them no. Um, but I don't, the thing that makes it less of an obvious no-brainer is the fact, but on the other hand makes it more likely to, ha- to have happened, is that this is not DC's first foray into the land of internet native comics they had zuda once upon a time which was an experiment it was an experiment yeah it yes. was an it was experiment a long time ago <laughs> yes and they also had their own very special app online before they you know migrated to comiXology with everybody else um you know it's some people look at all of these experiments and say, well, clearly that means that all digital comics are doomed to be a niche product. But I, th- I think it's, you know, you have to come up with however many ways not to make a light bulb before you make a light so bulb. So I saw so many people bring up Zuda and yeah. <laughs> I just don't see it. I, I don't because, get it either. <laughs> because Zuda, if you'll recall, launched and, you know, he's, Great, uh, history of comics in his own way. Richard Bruning was in charge of it. And instead of, uh, just putting comics on the web, they created their own flash-based reader that was unbearable. And they decided that they were going to do web comics DC's way in this bizarro format with all these weird things that happened. And, you know, it was rebuilding, uh, you know, the wheel and it came out as a square. Right. So, and oh, it was yeah. by, but it was also like, the, it's like, what if we made fire, but it was cold? Right, exactly. Well, I mean, look, this was so, so early I, I just don't think game. it's, I just don't think it's germane to bring it up. So, but nobody's it. there. Wait, yeah. I just say nobody is there. Yeah. Who I did mean, Zuda is very left. early experiment. Oh. I actually give DC credit for, for Zuda. I mean, they started yes. it up. They never intended it to go longer than it did. Um, they learned whatever they thought they were going to learn and then they moved on. Um, but this is something different. Uh, this, it, this is the, uh, it, it seems to me a possibility for the, the, the always desirable, the, the, the mythical new reader, uh, that they, that they think that they're going to get. And they did, they just might. I, I mean, I am curious and I, and I guess a lot of the, the online chatter has been, I mean, our, our, 
are traditional superhero comics fans, DC fans, going to go to Webtoons yes. to read about superheroes? You think so? Yes. Yeah. Because, okay, I will give myself as a case in point. Okay. I'm a late adopter when it comes to Webtoons. Like, I think a lot of people who are jumping on the bandwagon now as readers are because, you know, there were growing pains. But, like, I... Okay, we need to close that door. There's somebody else in here. There's someone else in the room. It's a cleaning lady, but we need to close the door. You get a. Okay. We'll just have to live with it. Yeah. Well, but closing the door somewhat would help. Yes. Closing door will help. We've had worse. Okay. Now give me a pause. Um. I am a superhero reader. Um, and I am a superhero reader who, like many, not all, but like many did most of my superhero buying over the pandemic in trades or digital trades because things weren't coming into the store on a regular basis as far as floppies. I could, I lost track of what was coming out um, what, due to paper shortages we'll be talking about soon, probably, whenever I go into the comic store for a comic that was, a new comic that was big, for example, Urban Legends, they'd be sold out. Um, so I, I kind of haven't been buying at the comic book store the way I normally would, except for like trades. And I don't think I'm alone in that. And also, so, you know, I'm a person who loves comics. And when I started poking around with mobile comics, you know, Webtoon, Tapas, all of its little brothers and sisters, um, I liked it. I didn't like it when I tried it years ago when they first came here, but now at the current so I liked it. I'm following like seven comics actively on there and um there are currently no floppies in the store that I'm buying Whoa. because I have lost track of what's going on due to all the craziness around the pandemic and the fact that Due to various market conditions, the really big books are selling out. So, Kate, would you not consider going and subscribing to DC Universe where you can get a whole bunch of back issues digitally? Uh, I might get around to it, but, you know, I've got streaming service fatigue. Right. I'm subscribed to so many damn things. So (laughs) I refuse. I'm just like, look. Finish reading what you have. Right. Finish watching what you have before you get a different service. Well, there's just too much content for anyone to keep up with. So, but the thing is, that's not the model with these web mobile comic things. There's a lot of free material and there's a lot of very cheap material. And it's very convenient. It's very easy. It's specifically designed to be addictive by giving you all these incentives to check in every yes. day and see what's new. Hmm. Like they're always giving you free quote unquote coins or shells or whatever. If you're checking in regularly, yes, um, yes, if I could yes. get a good DC comic on there, I would buy it. And like, I've been reading and loving old fashioned superhero comics, both in floppy and trade since I was a teenager. So Kate, I'm fascinated to hear this because I do think you're, um, you know, you're much more of a new style comics consumer than Calvin or I, God yeah, knows. Absolutely. However, I will say you're also, and darling, no offense, but you are not the target age for Webtoon right now. Like, we've been doing this so long. Even our Kate That's has true. aged but, you know, she does have aged the taste of the, of the... She does. She does have the taste she of does. the target. But, but see, the she's thing... She's not an old yet. Yeah, I'll she, put she, it that way. I'm not an old, but... She's but aged she, out, but she's still got the I'm taste. a millennial, not a Gen, a Gen yeah. Z, right? But that's... You want the millennial. They, I'm an oh, yes, audience. Yes, yes. They, want. they do, but uh, but let me just jump in here and say uh, that good. I'm so happy to hear that that y- your cohort is going to be interested in this because I feel like there's a couple things going on here. Number one, you know Tom Akel, who ran Webtoon before it got more Koreaified, and he tried to do comics from Western creators, and none of them caught. Well, I say none of them, but they did not catch on as well as the. The stuff that was what much more manga based. Yes. You know, and I compare this to, I guess it was the 80s 
when Marvel did a deal with a bunch of manga creators and they did those manga versions of like, yes. you know, I mean, there's manga versions of Spider-Man, of Batman, of a whole bunch like of characters. Wolver- and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Wolverine. I would be didn't very... Did some of those? A... Well, those were oh. a later, those yeah, were a later, later version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a much later version well, of it. I mean, it yeah. It's like a language you have to learn. Yes. So a lot of the Western webtoons, and I do mean webtoon, on yeah. webtoon and tapas now... Mm-hmm made specifically for this platform are doing quite well. For example, Lore Olympus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, of oh, course. Yeah. But, but they have millions of views. But, I mean, go, go, go on. But what I'm saying is it was a learning curve. Like, it's... It, American creators had to learn that language. Yeah. So an American creator, at the very least, drawing for this medium is going to need to be really familiar with this platform. That's what I'm saying. And, and I do think uh, Lore Olympus is very much a classic web... I mean, it draws very much on classic webtoon, webcomics themes. And the, the look of it is is very much based on classic webcomics. And I say classic. I just mean... Um, very manga the last, influenced. The very manga influenced. <laughs> very manga very influenced. animation influenced also. Uh, but the subject matter is very Tumblr friendly. Let's put it that way. Um so, but you know, I, I talked to Tom and I, I think about this a lot because I asked him, I did an interview with Tom for the beat and I just said, what do you think of these efforts? Because, you know, Archie went on Webtoon. So we were seeing well, before that Star Wars did. Mm-hmm, and Star Wars did. And he would say, he would say, he, 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 he said he was sending a warning. Uh, he says it's different from platform to platform. There's a lot of talk about Netflix or YouTube, all these different directions. Uh, but he's gonna say, he, he basically was just saying, don't go in there. When asked, here we go. When asked by publishers for my opinion, I say understand. It's like pitching to a network. Understand there's a brand you're talking to. And before you go down that road, really do your research. Are you trying to pitch Gilmore Girls to the Sci-Fi Channel? Are you trying to pitch Breaking Bad to Nickelodeon? Yeah. And, you know, and he's also just saying, don't go in there saying, how do you do fellow kids? Exactly. It's gotta be native. It's gotta be from native users and, yeah. So, because I don't think, I think Marvel, I was talking about this with somebody today, because there's been a lot of talk about this, this move. But, um, you know, Marvel readers are really ready to have, you know, Tom Holland and, and, you know, shipping, shipping Spider-Man and Iron Man based on the MCU. DC readers, not quite as into it, I think, well, but okay. they can be brought there. <clears throat> well, there's two things you need to know. One, is that you're looking at the, how shall we put this, female-aimed side of Webtoons. Yes. There is a male side to web, uh, to mobile comics. Mm-hmm. They also tend to be very serialized. Hmm. They have, but they tend to be, how will we put this, a little video gamey. Mm-hmm. So they tend to have Heroes on very long quests with lots of things that happen along the way because, you know, it's all designed to have be things that work well in small installments. Right. Yeah. So it's like a Dickens novel or a, um, or a soap opera or a, anything that works well in small chunks. Think serialized novel. Think serialized anything. The, it's very serialized nature has to feed the pace of it and the nature of the storyline. But there's definitely a place for that that's not necessarily a romance manga that also works with this format. For example, mm-hmm. the one that got me into it was Omniscient Reader's Viewpoint, which is not a a romance or anything like that or a, a relationship thing. It's a... Hmm, the best way I can describe it is... A meta commentary post-apocalyptic adventure story. Wait, I want to read this. What's it called again? <laughs> Omniscient Reader's Viewpoint. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I'll check it out. And it's on Webtoon. It's based on a very popular serialized novel of the same title. And it's a very popular serialized comic. Um, it's really good. It's really well written. It's got a lot of um, almost... M. Night Shyamalan-esque mind games, but in a good way. Like, three or four levels of meta about readers and games and expectations and personality types. It's it's really cool, and it's super popular with guys as well as girls. Ah, interesting. So, I mean, you can tell that kind of story. 
but you need to know the platform. And you could be a mainstream DC Comics creator and do that, but you have to be someone who's already reading this stuff and loves it and gets it. Yeah, I mean that, <clears throat> I mean, that, we're just at the beginning here. I mean, what you're hoping to see is that DC's making a long-term commitment to learn how this platform works. Yeah. And to learn how basically a, a, a different generation and a different segment of the mar- market wants to consume their comics. I mean, uh, I'm a sporadic reader of superhero comics. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, uh, and I'm a sporadic reader of digital app comics. That doesn't mean that, uh, I'm against them in any way. It just means that it's, it's a little bit out of my comfort level. It's not my go-to platform. Uh, but because of my job and because of what we do here, I try to make sure that I'm paying attention to it. Yeah, and, and you've I been on that, the train for a long time. Well, I, you know, cause I'm always looking around. Yeah. I always want to know what's going on and I don't want whatever, you know, hesitancy I have, uh, or, or impulses I don't have to interfere with, you know, uh, you know, kind of an objective understanding. These platforms have huge numbers of fans. DC has to be doing this. Hopefully they will understand. Because to, when I look at, at at mobile comics, I really see uh, a a vastly different world of how to think about comics, how to read comics, how to structure story. Not not bad, but different. And they have got to figure out how to do this. How do you do superhero comics um, that in a succession, a succession of panels that don't necessarily have borders? In, in some cases. I don't think that's going to be the problem. Yeah, well, I, I think I, pacing is going to be the problem. Well, I mean, I think we're saying the same thing. So I think, that's, yeah, but I think do it. I can, that is the pacing in the language of comics. Hmm. So all I'm saying, I'm, so I'm not disagreeing with you. What I'm saying is, is DC's got to be open. I do, I do think it's interesting whether or not, uh, old school artists can adapt to it. I mean, I've seen some indie. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, Dean Haspel has been putting mm-hmm. things up on webtoons for a long time. Uh, he, he does them the way they want and then he reformats them right. for print. So all of this is, is, uh, really a gateway into where comics are going. Look, yeah. I want to just back up here because, I mean, I think what's really important about this, you know, so when the press release came out, he quoted Daniel Cherry the third on it and he yeah. certainly, I think we mentioned that he and Jim Lee did an interview and Cherry kept saying mobile and we, we've, we called it, we called it. Obviously he was talking about Webtoon and going there, you know, so I was like, oh, you know, congrats Daniel Cherry on, uh, you know, being bold enough to make this move. And boy, did I get pushback on that from people inside, former DC employees, and even really? some current ones. They were like, he had nothing to do with this. Okay. This goes, all the people who made, people worked on this deal for, has been working on this deal for a couple of years. All of them have been fired from DC. Sandy Resnick and Bobby Chase in particular. Um, although Marie Javins, who's now editor in chief, also worked on the deal. So this deal goes back a long time. Apparently, Diane Nelson, long departed, was, in on this making this deal so i mean i think it's great that it um you know absolutely it's great that it's happened and it's great that it continued through but i I just think that it's important to to talk about where it came from because dc since that time i mean it's great that daniel cherry is smart enough i'm i do give him the credit you gave him was that he didn't kill it if i'm not mistaken. right that's right well after (laughs) i heard the real story the real story i was like oh well you know what props him for not killing it yeah because you know zuda once again was uh, you know, again, I respect him immensely. Paul Levitz was a, you know, publisher at DC, did impacted the industry in innumerable positive ways, but he really didn't like anything new. And it was uh, classic overthinking. Classic overthinking. And, you know, Zuda was overthinking. It's like, oh, let's invent our own platform for web comics because they're not good enough. And so, um, uh, you know, Paul would never have done this. And like, would Dan the deal? That's one thing. I, apparently he was for this deal, but I'm like, would Dan really have done it? Because as I told me one time, I'm a periodical man. But, um, but the funny thing is, is this is the most periodical of periodicals. Well, I know that, but it's not a thing you can hold in your yeah, hands, Kate. That's, that's the You key. know, it's that's not, the thing. You know, and I mean, that's, it's very different. So our friend Brian Hibbs, um, uh, you know, and so I predicted, so I got so, you know, my, my story about this got so much criticism because it all, oh, wait till retailers hear this because, you know, they went nuts over Substack. They've gone nuts over every time comics go to Walmart. Well, and I said, oh, wait, wait till we see the hubbub. And then Brian came out on Facebook and was like, huh, Heidi predicted, she, he literally says, Heidi predicted every hubbub, but you know, I don't really care about this. 
And <laughs> and he was saying that that the the reader who likes uh, superhero comics from the store is not going to like this platform. But I don't think that's true. I think yeah. there are an awful lot of of uh, pre-existing millennial superhero fans who are digital natives who are bored on their lunch break and even if they buy from the comic store oh look a comic I can read in 15 minutes on my lunch break Mm -hmm. and so I think you're going to get the you're going to get a if they do a good job you're going to get people from native to the app because it's not like they're not familiar with these these uh, characters I mean goodness knows that teenagers were squeeing when they heard about Robin coming out mm-hmm. last yeah. time around. Yes. Like there's sure. there's knowledge well, of these characters and it's also you're you're gonna it's gonna attract the millennial reader some of yeah, us. Well, and so he's wrong of, that we those don't kinds like of it. Story hooks I think will do it uh because that's that 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 just shows a complete change in in how you see the culture also. So I agree with you 100%. But it's going to be interesting because I mean I, I I'm personally not so sure about that and and one of the reasons they because I do off. think there's some friction uh, between reading on devices, I do find I much prefer reading um, uh, mobile comics acts on tablets. I can go there. I have much more problem with using using my phone. Um, in fact, I don't even like uh, reading them on a laptop, even though I've done that. But I actually do sort of like it on a tablet. I mean, I think that these are some of the frictions that they're going to work through. Uh, whether or not I mean, I, I I see this channel taking its place alongside all of the yeah. other channels. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a replacement. Yeah, it's not it's a replacement. It's, it's, it's additive. Remember when they were absolutely. always telling us that digital is additive? This is additive in the most important way, and um, it is absolutely if it it is absolutely forward facing to a different kind of audience than comics periodicals are, and uh, will excite readers who are no longer buying periodicals like Kate. Uh, during this pandemic, and I mean, it's just a win-win. There's no yeah. losing in this. And right. they are good books, as Kate was saying. They are going to print them. Of course, they're going to print them. And let me give you this sneak peek preview, just so you know. Calvin and I were able yeah. to interview Jamie S. Rich and um, Michelle Wells of Tapas, yeah. and that it will be next week's uh podcast. So Most please excellent. we are the first so people gotta, to get yeah. to interview them. So we're super And we had a great conversation. We had a great with conversation them. with them. You know, about their plans, about where their... they're going and, and some of the things that we're talking about. Yeah. Right are now. are definitely influenced by mm-hmm. what Michelle and Jamie told us. And um so uh yeah, it's so it's it's a it's a win win. And yeah. then, you know, we're not disagreeing on anything you're no, saying, yeah, but, Kate. But I, I do I totally... think that the the areas where I'm looking at that I think are really interesting, the interface. I mean, this is one thing that that I think is I, I do think it's important. I'm not saying it's gonna drive people or not. I think it's gonna be how these comics evolve to present themselves. And I think the same issue is around Substack too. We know that there are all these people that are grabbing the money and going to Substack for whatever reason. We're going to find out whether readers will follow them. Right. Certainly some will. But what is it going to look like? Nobody seems yeah. to know. And that's not a small thing. Yeah, they need yeah. to Well, I mean, I, it up that's, for that. that's why I like these apps. Because I would buy digital comics from Comixology for convenience purposes. And I wouldn't bother to carry my Kindle with me because who has time for that? And, you know, the lunch break, but I do have my phone, do have my iPod, and, but yet, like, the, even though they do the zoomy thing, it was just a pain in the butt to read a regular comic formatted through Comixology at the moment on your phone. It was True. just like, bad. Guided view is, has its, its limitations. It, it has yeah. its limitations. It's, it's better than nothing. But with these apps, I didn't have that problem. Right. You know, with these apps, it was like very readable. It was very natural. It was fun. Yeah, to give, I, I agree because they are designed. They're, they're I mean, native. The they're guide native. Of, the, guide, uh, the guide of view is, is basically teaching you how to read comics in a yeah. way that they were never intended to be It's not native. Read. And you know, to give the Zuda people some credit, yeah, they yeah. did realize, okay. There were some good books on Zuda. There were some good books. But <laughs> and I mean, they, fact, also, they, they also were trying to make some kind of new native digital app. What they did not realize was that there already were thousands and thousands of web comics on the web that yes. they didn't in this case they did not now you know and also this was before 
this is before the iPhone. Zuda was just, just, I think it was just maybe when the iPhone dawned. And certainly yeah. those little three and a inch iPhones we had at first weren't right. ideal for reading comics. Yeah. And, and I will say this about Zuda. Zuda is a lesson in never go into a new field and reinvent it immediately. Right. Try it out first, learn it, then reinvent it. Oh. It's like all those authors who are like, I am a literary author, but I will write an original science fiction novel, and then they write the biggest science fiction right. cliche in the world. Yeah, it's like, oh, we this thing exists, but I bet I could fix it. Because this thing that yeah, I don't I know mean, anything I mean, about, I bet I could fix. I but mean, that's, honestly, this is the opposite of that. I saw this as an effort to try to learn digital, uh, not so much as to create a platform, actually. But that was why they did. They were trying to learn what the hell was going yeah, on. Yeah, they were. Uh, and, and they aren't the only big company that did that no. during that no, era. No. And it's I'm glad classic. they did it. Yeah. It's a class. I'm glad they did it. Um, but I think it was just overthinking. Yeah. It was that you didn't actually need to create a new platform. But I think that's what they're doing now is they're not overthinking it. They're saying, hey – Whatever we're doing in the future, let's try Webtoon. Well, They've the next, already got it. You know, within 24 hours, uh, Webtoon did a press conference with the Webtoon uh, neighbor CEO, whose name I'm forgetting, um, but I'll look it up. Anyway, he did a press yeah, conference sure, so in Korea saying. that there's some Western uh, Western journalists were invited to, such as uh, The Beat was invited, but I, I couldn't see the whole thing. Well, However, right. he they came out... That. Right, I, I and he came out it. and he talked for like an hour with lots of lots of mm-hmm. uh, stats, and of course the DC thing came up and it did make it again sound like they were going to be using their own... It's, it's coming from Webtoon. It's mm-hmm. not yeah, that DC yeah, is yeah. going to make these and put them on Webtoon. The Webtoon is going to make them no, and get them, which is huge. Which is, and, <laughs> you know, they also announced that they're doing something with Hybe, which is like uh, the company uh-huh. that has uh, BTS and some others. But, mm-hmm. you know, listen, we've been talking about this uh, right now. The hottest game in comics is that... Um, Naver and Cacao, two gigantic yeah. Korean companies, mm-hmm. are in a race to see who can get an IPO first. And yes. uh, this was this is one of Webtoons, yeah. you know, Arsenal. Now, the deal might have been in the works for two years, but they wasted no time in using it as part of their um, their assault on, you know, let's get this IPO going. We're teaming up yeah. with BTS and Batman. What and, could be bigger than that? The and, two biggest characters absolutely. in the world. And let's remember also. Uh, um, these web pla- these giant platforms they're learning this market too yes i mean they not that they don't have a vast market but they're learning it too when i first started writing about this these both of these companies uh i think 2016 or 2017 we did some stuff, couple articles on them uh they wanted they had no print uh format at all i'm not saying that print is the be all and end all but certainly there's a role for it to play even for digital companies now they're all of them are looking for ways to get involved in the print market to some extent. So I think we're going to see an evolution on that because you can't have these kind of numbers and not at some point start thinking, how do we get this into the hands of people who like, you know, maybe want to people keep it on the shelf instead of, you know, in their pocket. So yeah. th- th- this, this, this works in so many ways and it's just showing how this, how this medium is moving into the future. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they're already doing that. They're yes. already bringing these books to print. Absolutely. They just, you know, just like DC wants to learn from them about digital, I'm sure they want to learn from DC about print in the United States market. Right. And um, I, I think it's it's all to the good because speaking of, of uh, you know, the history of DC and webcomics, Lackadaisy was the standout hit on Zuda. It has moved from platform to platform and now it's on Webtoon. Right. That's right. But there there was there have Zuda, there was a success story or two on Zuda. Yeah. Yes. Well, one might say in spite of, but yes. you know, they recruited let's put it this way, they recruited good talent. They did. They yeah. had very, very good talent. Oh, and, yeah, there was um, there was some good books. There were some yeah. great stuff. Well, you uh, know, speaking of comics periodicals, which we haven't even talked about, but you know there We're was, getting there. We're getting, we're getting there. there. But I I mean, you know, will this replace comics periodicals? I mean Brian Hibbs, you know, like, oh, it's not gonna be of interest. Well, Dude, well, you better wake up and smell the coffee, well, my friend. That's what I mean. Wake yeah. up and smell the coffee. But um, a little other news from DC is that, you know, following James Tinian leaving Batman, they did announce the new team this week. Uh, Josh Williamson will be writing it. And uh, who is the artist? Uh, Jorge Molina with Tamu Moray. Uh So, yeah, and they'll be starting in December. Uh, Kate, any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think that this is very much a... Correct me if I'm wrong, a team that's making their name as opposed to a all-star superstar team. But, you know, I mean, you could look at this one of two ways. One, 
kudos to uh, DC for, um, you know, giving some fresh talent a chance. Or you could look at it another way, which is DC was not expecting this and they needed a new slate fast. <laughs> no, well, that's that, – you know what? Uh, 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 James Tiny has been very clear that he's been working with DC. Like he did not want to leave them high and dry. He no, didn't want I'm, to I'm just, sure he didn't. But know. what I mean is even so, they may have – he may have made noises at them about, you know, dudes, like, I'm looking at other options, like, one of these days, but it could be that once it hit, it hit. Well, I, and they I needed think a new Josh team. Williamson has been in the wings waiting for quite a while. I mean, mm. he was part of New 52. I think yeah, that he was. was one of the yeah, first, was, yeah. the, which was 10 years ago. So yeah. he's been waiting in the wings for 10 years. He, he's been waiting in the wings for 10, but he's been in the wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's not, you don't. When you give Batman yes. to a lesser known creator, it is a statement of a great deal of confidence. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, this could really be his big break, but it's a big break. It's not like a no brainer. Yeah. People are not going to buy it because his name's on his cover. No. They're going to buy no, it because it's Batman. Not, but and they, they may fall in love with him and his work. Once they read it, but they've pretty much proven that anybody can write Batman. And well, people anyone can write. Proof. You know that's how you get bad books that don't sell. Well, but it, you you it's may interesting th- that that uh, you know Marika Tamaki is writing Detective right now. Yeah, and uh, some people are like, why don't they give her Batman? I was like, I, you know, I've talked to. I think I mentioned this on when I interviewed her for the podcast. And I think she said, oh, I don't really want to write superheroes. I mean, I think she's you know fantastic. Oh, she did a but... SS job on Supergirl. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> well, Detective is the more experimental of the mm. two. If you want to do something unusual or different mm. with Batman, you take Detective. If you want to do straight up Batman, you take Batman. Right. It's it's the way it's been for decades. Like the funky, interesting new stuff is in Detective Comics, and the just straight up uh, blockbuster movie stuff is in Batman. It's, that's how Batman rolls. Sure. Um, but you know, well, yes, Batman will always sell if you've got a good book. It'll sell, sell better. more. It'll sell better. Yeah, but you know, I got to be honest. Like when when Scott Snyder wrote Batman, I mean, he was known as a Vertigo guy, and it really made him a superstar. It did. Okay. You know what? Tom King, very well respected for Vision, which was a great book. Kind of not a superstar after he wrote Batman. He yeah. was a superstar. James Tynion, absolutely another one waning in the wings, and. Uh, you know, I think James and really he, he got there because he did a great job on Detective. He did, and they switched he him did. Batman. absolutely. And but I mean, he was the heir apparent for a yeah. while, and I think all the leveling up he's done though since mm. then was very much about his creator own work. So, so you know, look, uh, Josh is a is a good writer. He's a good yeah. guy. I'm sure. You know, is he going to become Tom Tom King level? I don't know. We don't know. We'll see. I mean, yeah. I, mean I will say, chance. I I will totally. I will say Snyder and King had more, um, more prominent projects beforehand yeah. but tiny and didn't you know he didn't have a book where you were like oh my god that's you know yes he did what what before they put him on batman proper they put him on detective comics which was still a batman book yeah but his run on detective comics blew the doors off yeah it, it yeah. sold really well for detective comics it was really beloved and yeah, that's what made his name. But I, I would still argue that being put on a Batman book, uh, is even if it's not Batman, being put on a Batman book, like he didn't have a book that wasn't Batman before that. That is true. Okay. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> anyway, so and yeah. one other publishing note. Well, okay, one other publishing Many note. Many other DC. publishing Well, notes. we have lots of other publishing notes, but another one just at DC, uh, is that Jinx World, uh, is moving to Brian right. Bendis mm-hmm. is taking his Jinx World and he's going to Dark Horse, which will be the fourth or fifth publisher for Jinx yes. World. Uh, I believe it started out as some of the books started out at Caliber in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, then they were at Image. Name. Then they went mm-hmm. to Icon at Marvel. Then they went to DC when Bendis signed his big deal, but then his deal is up. Mm. And so he's taken his books and he's going to Dark Horse. There you go. Yeah. Including Powers, probably the best yeah, known yeah, of Jinx World. Best and, uh, you know, Jinx World is kind of its own little line. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the creators will be showing up at Dark Horse. So it's just, you know, more, more of the, the, this, this 
creators in motion, creators with mm-hmm. options. There's a lot well, of options. That's, I mean, right now. The, the, that's the story of the times we're living in now. More than ever before, yeah. artists have options. Yeah. And that's what's amazing. Well, the they do, but they might be facing a problem in getting all this stuff because we're looking at a paper shortage. In fact, while we were mm-hmm. talking here, I was looking up Laura Olympus, which is slated to come out in October. We've mentioned it before, and mm. Calvin was showing off his galley. Yes, uh, but uh, I just read that it's going to be delayed because of a paper shortage. Oh, there you go. Yeah, um, we were talking about MXTX's books two weeks ago mm. in our last in you know in office episode, and. The, the massive pre-orders and I was one of the pre-orders and I got an email saying the book you pre-ordered will now be delayed by one to two weeks because of paper shortages and because of demand for this book in order to have a big enough print run we're going to need more time um, yeah it's affecting everything I I went to Midtown Comics one of our big biggest comic stores in New York the other day and I hadn't been in there for a while because, again, like I said, I've been buying trades. And uh, it was interesting. The shelves were thin. That, wow. That the, the, especially the graphic novel shelves. The graphic novel shelves were thin. So there was a lot of shelf space taken up by older graphic novels facing front. Now, these were recommended by the staff. They were great books. But this was what the store was doing because they didn't have enough books. Wow. Suddenly they gave more space to their science fiction paperbacks, which they moved down from, you know, a a more obscure place because they had the shelf space because they didn't have enough graphic novels. Like if it's hitting them, it's hitting the small stores more. It's hitting the whole, it's hitting the whole industry. The fact is the logistics across the board for, uh, production, for, for paper, for printing, for shipping and fulfillment, mm. for container ships, everything is backed up. Everything, everything is delayed, uh, and then we haven't even begun to talk about the shortages of personnel mm-hmm. in warehouses, in print. So uh, this has been going on since essentially 2020, and it continues into mm-hmm. yeah. right. And it's not helped by the fact that there's. A certain amount of turmoil in the supply chain mm. when it comes to how, how things are being distributed. You know, as as publishers learn new distributors, more on this later. Um, but but yeah, this is going to become a bigger and bigger story. I mean, yeah. DC just announced that yeah they were going to have yeah a bunch, um, of, a bunch of books delayed. Like I said, Laura Olympus delayed. Kate's talking mm. about that, and um, there's other other materials yeah. that are shortages. So, I'm hearing about some people with their kickstarters. Um, and, some of the, the extras, you know, a lot of Kickstarters have a lot of bells and whistles and some and of our, these are becoming. Our, our manga feature earlier in the year, the mm-hmm. PW manga feature earlier in the year, uh, every, every publisher there talked about, in that piece talked about how we've come to the point where we, we've got to decide, are we going back to press for certain books or we're going to go with the front list and we're going to have to choose between, you know, going down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's just no other way around. Yeah. If there is a book you really want, if there is a, that hasn't come out yet, pre-order it. Or you're going to be sad. If there's a book you want to buy someone for Christmas or you want someone to buy you for Christmas, buy it now because (laughs) this is going to be a rough year. You may find yourself buying your third choice as a present if you wait. And it's not just going to be comics, although it'll be comics. Um, You know, I've, I've been reading news articles saying like Britain is having shipping problems because they just don't have enough truck drivers. Yeah, it's a, it's everything. It's yeah. everything. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like books. It's it's, everything. it's yeah. so, so yeah. This is, buy your comics and pre-order yeah, your comics. Yeah, we are. You know, what's not? Will it be like after World War Two when everything was rationed, or during World War Two when everything was rationed? Um, I well, don't know, I'm but sure it's not rationed. Not going to be I'm that sure bad. Be but bad. I'm just I'm just saying, like the it's era, stuff, the yeah. era of instant. You know, this pandemic has changed the era of everything being instantaneously available to things not being available, like cat food. Like, I'm trying to order some cat food off of Amazon. They're like, we don't know when we'll have cat food. So, yeah, it's, you can't, you know, you get hungry cats. You can't, you got to act. So I'll just leave it at that. Well, on the distribution side you were talking about just a minute ago, um, you know, Z2 moving to Lunar. Yes. I mean, yeah. this is an interesting development as we, as we watch the distribution sector also 
reorient so much churn. itself <laughs> uh, from the direct market uh, to who? I mean, I mean, Z two. Actually, I mean, their, their trade book is Simon and Schuster. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. They started out at DVD, so uh, and now they're moving, I guess, to Lunar for direct market distribution. Which I seem to do. They don't really do that many. They don't do any periodicals, do they? Uh, Z two. No, they don't. They don't do that. So this is all distribution of book format into the direct market. Correct. Yeah, correct. But you know, we've been talking. You know, Lunar is very sneakily gathering up a whole mm-hmm. bunch of publishers, and um, you know, they have um, they have. Well, it's one that begins with A. I forget the name. Was it, uh, ap- uh, uh, Scout. They have Scout covers. Doesn't yeah. begin with A. And then they oh, have Aftershock? Ahoy. Was it Aftershock? Oh, no, not no. It's Ahoy. Ahoy. Oh, Ahoy. Excuse yeah. me. Yes. Of uh, I mean, they, yeah. there's a, there's smaller yeah. companies that do not have Diamond exclusives. Right. Um, and so now Z2 uh, is joining them. So which has the, uh, you know publisher whose production level has just exploded. yeah exploded, but it's only graphic novels. So you yes. know, like don't don't keep you know don't sleep on Lunar. Like that like yeah. like a, so supposedly this is how it's explained to me. Since Lunar is distributing DC comics pretty much exclusively, mm-hmm. so when a retailer goes on there and they see these other companies on there, they're like, oh yeah, I guess I'm gonna order some of these too. So right. it's like they have visibility on Lunar that they don't have right. on yeah. Diamond, you know? Right. Yeah, Especially if you begin with S, like Scout, mm-hmm. Good point. or Z, yeah. like Z2. You're never going to get to that yeah. part of the catalog. So the you, order yeah, you, you've got some space to breathe. People can find you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, but apparently, so, uh, you know, uh, sales show a very significant bump when they go with Lunar just literally for that reason that you are yeah. more visible to retailers and you're not just more visible to retailers you're more visible to your distributor yes because right. if yeah, your yeah, book no, good 467 point. to Diamond they're not going to give you a lot of personal attention they can't but with Lunar suddenly Z2 is something special hmm? yeah well I listen you know Publishers had reps at Diamond. I, I'm not going to say Diamond didn't give their publishers. No, I mean, they did their best. They did it's... their best, and I, I, you know, I, I actually can't speak to that, but uh, I do just, I just literally think it's on the order form. Yeah. They're way more visible. Mm. That too. And that's absolutely the, the mm. key, uh, the key here. But so. you, you have to center somebody, <laughs> and yeah. the it's more pretty easy to get lost in previews. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yes. All right. So where are we at now? Okay. Here? Well, let me see. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, New York Comic Con. Yes. So they did announce their new uh, health protocols, and you will need to show proof of vaccination in order to enter New York Comic Con. Unless you, you are unless a small you child. Are, which I was about to say, unless you're 12 or under, in which case mm-hmm. you must have a negative COVID test. Yeah, and you need to be with uh, an adult. And you that, need to be with an adult, yeah, and you cool, will uh, have masks, and masks are required uh, once you get in. And these are similar to um, the announced protocols for uh, C2E2 in Chicago, ECCC in Seattle, uh, but now Supercon is in Florida where they can't ask for vaccination. It's illegal, but they can make people wear masks and they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was watching video, I'm sorry, I was watching videos of Megacon, uh, a couple of weeks ago just to see what it looked like mm-hmm. down there. And there's a lot of videos coming out of there and they were aggressive in keeping people masked up. Now, of course, what, what, what's interesting, of course, as we go into the, get into, I return to the convention centers. Of course, our costumes and <laughs> right. that incorporate right. masks anyway. Right. I mean, there were an well, awful but, lot of Spider-Man. Well, yeah, they're gonna, gonna, well, they're going to be, yeah, picking ma- <laughs> What costume can I wear a mask yes, in? Exactly. I mean, right? And or what mask can I add to now, my costume? There, there seem to be some complaints like, you know, it's really ruining my costume, but, you know, I'm going to wear the mask. But, you know, there, you know, you, you could tell the people who's, Costumes indeed were masks. Now, I don't know how good they were, but you know, they were, uh, you know, they, they were doing their thing. They, they were back in the saddle again. Yeah. So we'll, well see. I mean, but- I'm, I'm, you know, cosplayers will be the first people to adopt masks. Yes. I mean, really, because they're already <laughs> wearing very, sometimes very cumbersome and uncomfortable costumes. So. But that's a big know. mask turnout at MegaCon. Yeah. There were a lot of people right. that I could tell. They, you know, uh, in the aisles they had masks. There were some people, you know, performing whatnot that did not, but, Overall, uh, some of the commentaries I read was that they had people roaming the floor, like aggressively telling people, yeah. pull your mask up. Yeah. And of course, these uh, New York Comic Con guidelines are in accordance with New York State and yes. city law. Um, and uh, 
it's just kind of the way things are now. And I mean, honestly, to me, they make it a lot more likely that I will actually go inside yes. the Javits yeah. Center for New York Comic Con. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm going to admit that I already put in for my, uh, press pass, but it, mentally it was conditional. I was like, yeah. well, they yeah. better have some reasonable precautions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is tentatively sounds good. I also want to see how they're doing the aisle layout. They better be wider. They are. They are wider. I'm actually working on an article right now that is a preview, and they are absolutely uh, putting other safety protocols. So there will be reduced capacity. They will not say by what number, but there is reduced capacity there. They're going to have wider aisles, and of course, they're going to be using the whole new. Uh, the new, the new, the new wing, the expansion, which offers up to 400,000 square feet of exhibit space. So it's quite a lot of room there. They're going to be doing the panels in these rooms so that they can have well, see, that's social distancing. That's, that's a good to know. I mean, yeah. my fears, I mean, I've, I've actually been, I've got my press credentials. I had always planned to be there. I'm not worried about being in the atrium. I'm not, you know, in a mask. I'm not worried about even being on the main floor mm-hmm. in a mask. What I was worried about, for instance, or the small rooms, for panels. Mm-hmm. What is that like? How's that going to be? Even messed up. Well, I, I'm, um, I'm more worried about the shelf floor because yeah, well, the like, year, what, I mean, the years passed. 30 remember, foot ceilings. Remember, <laughs> yeah, but remember the times when people got stuck because there was too many people? I mean, it's not well, going to be like yeah. that this time. It just yeah, can't, but. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I did not expect see that particularly i hear that there's not a whole lot of exhibitors well i don't know that there's not a whole lot of exhibitors yeah. but uh what i am finding out in this story is that there's not a lot of publishers that are going mm. but uh you know you and i knew that we we've been talking right. to publishers and all of them are just like no it's it's mm. not you know yeah. it's too soon well they and their staff are not quite ready yeah and yeah. a lot of pub companies still have travel bans yeah. there yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. um so you know it's sad uh, yeah and you can't get your guests in like you normally would and if you're a publisher, a lot of why you want to be there is to sell your book. Yeah. And if there either aren't enough people to buy the book to make it worth your while or enough eyeballs to buy the book when they get home to make it worth your while, you have to do some calculus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. I mean, it's it may end up like the Met Gala is this year, where <laughs> there's there's a certain amount of controversy over the fact that some – Lesser lights are being invited to the Ooh. Met Gala who would not normally get an invitation. Um, and the answer is well, because a lot of the people who'd normally go are in other countries and can't get back. You know, Katie, I don't think anyone's ever uh, compared New York Comic Con to yeah. the Met Gala. Yeah. Well, in, in this, this is a first. In yeah. this you heard case, it here first, ladies and in gentlemen. In this case, <laughs> you know. And so, you know, some, uh, some lesser known creators may end up with a larger share of the spotlight than they otherwise would just because they're local and can come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, but, uh, you know, listen, there's going to be a lot of people who go. Oh, yeah. There's oh, going to be a lot of people. I have no doubt. There have I no have doubt no. that there's going to be a lot of people who are going to go. I'm just, I mean, I might just hang out outside, but I'll be there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. I mean, I may have some quibbles about where I am inside of Javits, but I'm going. Mm. Yeah, so you sure. guys can use me as your scout. So, Kate, you're you're definitely going, are I am you? going unless I hear something or something changes that makes me change my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm tentatively going. Um, I'm going to not see my parents the week after unless I get a COVID test. Mm-hmm. I am going to be careful when I'm there. Um, I hear yeah. you. But Absolutely. I know I'm vaccinated. I'm taking reasonable precautions. Um, I kind of want to see it, and I'm just going to be careful. Yeah. And as long as they're careful mass, too, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it. But it's going to be a weird year. Yeah, it's going to be a weird year. Yeah. But I think it's it has an advantage over a lot of the other cons because it has the biggest city in America right there. Yeah. Right there. You don't even have to travel as far as San Diego from Los Angeles. Yeah. And so people who would never stay in a hotel room right now or won't get in an elevator can still go. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you do need to stay at a hotel, I recommend 28th Street, uh, the Garment, or not the Garment, excuse me, the Flower. No, I was just, I was walking down 20th, uh, people always ask me, what's a good hotel? I said, sure. if you go look on 28th Street, it's in the middle of the Flower District. It's always very pretty. I think you have a great walk. Now, I was walking down 
this street. It's, you know, it's, right now it's green. Like there's palm trees, there's flowers. It's really fun to walk down. But one of, I was walking down and one of the trees tipped over and fell on me. So you do need to be a little <laughs> bit careful <laughs> about this kind of thing. But yeah, I, there's a bunch of uh, kind of budget hotels there. That's uh, my hotel tip. Yeah. My hotel tip would be don't stay in Times Square. Yes. Oh, because Times Square is not very nice right now. No. Just give it a spot. No, don't stay in Times Square. Yeah. Never do that. But, but yeah, I mean, 20, but for now, don't go be in Times Square for different Manhattan reasons. Manhattan is full of really cheap, nice hotels now. I mean, that's, that's been a true. hotel boom. And, uh, it, of course, the pandemic and has... And the price has, has, has yeah, crashed. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they weren't cheap before. Throw, throw they're the cheap now. Out, but I think they're making a comeback. Um, uh... Can I mention very quickly a Absolutely. story to look at at publishersweekly.com slash mm-hmm. comics? Uh, we have, uh, I think a really interesting, um, <clears throat> excuse me, feature story. It's our comics and gaming feature story. And it's basically, basically how, uh, Kickstarter, uh, and crowdfunding in general, and the Kickstarter in particular really is transforming the tabletop gaming world. Mm-hmm. Comics publishers are jumping into it, uh, particularly small indies. Uh, and the bigger indies, Skybound is a, is a big player there. Oh, wow. Uh, in, in many ways, it's come to the point where if you really expect to get a tabletop game funded, uh, either funded in, in, uh, and, and into the market or to be picked up by a bigger game maker, crowdfunding and Kickstarter is probably the way you're going to have to do it. Uh, first of all, you're able to raise enormous amounts of money. Kickstarter is hot for it. It's one of the hottest categories on there. Um, uh, Nicole Audrey Spector wrote the story for it. Check us out. I mean, she's talked to Skybound. She's talked to Oni Games. Um, she's talked with a bunch of people there. And um, we're in a changing world now where Kickstarter, once again, is asserting its way um for individual creators as well as for big com- companies yeah to get in front of you yeah absolutely and you know another note actually this said uh, i just saw this on twitter nobody really wrote it up but uh they did hire a, their new comics oh, outreach right. lead uh Jam- jamila rouser who that's awesome um you know she, i've known jamila for quite a while she's right, kind of right. risen through the ranks uh she has her own little publisher called black jose press which really does some very cool uh comics that are um you know minority themed black themed um but also just really some really great books and yeah great hire that's really good hire you know oriana liquor was doing everything there for a while so that's this is this is a measure of both about comics and gaming on kickstarter how powerful these categories are yeah absolutely so um yeah congrats that was a, a great hire all right so, uh, briefs. I think we have mm. time for there's, the briefs. There's actually one thing that I would, I would like to discuss with you guys. If that's alright. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's alright. We've got some time. It's mm-hmm. short. Um, counterproductive Hollywood contracts. Mm. So with comics being bought up for a bunch of different media rights and with manga being bought up for a bunch of different media rights, um, this can have unimpact, intent, unintentional effects, especially when there's a culture clash. So um, the creator of the very popular manga, Gantz, uh, Hiroya Oku, was being asked by people like, this is incredibly popular. Why is there no more anime for it? We don't understand. And he was like, blame Hollywood. Hmm. Because they made a contract for a movie and they wouldn't do it because this is how Hollywood works. They wouldn't do it unless they had the rights to all adaptations for this period mm-hmm. of time. And so they, like, we can't do an anime. Oh. And this is dumb because having a popular anime of it would add to the market for the movie as opposed to subtract. But I think this kind of thing is going to come up more and more. Yeah, well, they, they, they shouldn't sign, you know... A deal, but I mean, I know Hollywood does want all the rights, but you know, yeah. they'll have to say. But they, they have to look at it practically yeah, and do. see, is, do you actually want all the rights, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe you should, uh, allow for these other types of adaptations, which are different than what you're buying, because they will help you get bought. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have a story, actually, as long as everyone's plugging, I'm going to bring up a story. 
odd. It's just sort of like something that we talked about before. But I had a interview today with uh, Jordan Plosky of Zoop, and I know oh, yeah. we've talked about Zoop, mm-hmm. but Calvin, yeah, I know you interviewed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is my, but it's a it's a long interview, and they do talk mm-hmm. more about Zoop, and you know they have a lot of projects, like they've been just chugging along, and they have a lot more coming. So cool. uh, yeah. they seem to be hitting which is Zoop, uh, yeah, a well, new well, crowdfunding well, platform yes. that's specifically for comics, and it kind of offers a little bit different kind of interface where you can order products uh, you know order incentives on there a little bit differently like you can just add them to your cart once you support the project once you support the campaign and it also for creators offers kind of a full back-end suite of services so you know but i might after talking to jordan and who calvin you and i know him from mm, when yes. he did comic blitz but, you know after talking to him for like half an hour i'm just like you know, launching a, a brand new crowdfunding platform from scratch sounds like an awful lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's pretty amazing. And, yeah. and, 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 and as you said, this is really, they, they're offering services to help you do your campaigns. Yes. Uh, and they're offering it in a kind of a suite of services. They're, you know, what the, you, you, uh, it's a, a uh, there, it's a fee based mm-hmm. on the percentages of what they take. Um, and they have what what I find most interesting about Zoop is that the ability to be essentially a kind of a backlist and frontlist publisher of the products that they pu- that are published on Kickstarter. So if a campaign comes out and you aren't you aren't able to um, to donate it to it, but you still want that book, they're going to make it available. Ah, right. So it's really interesting what they're doing. They're really kind of filling in things that Kickstarter doesn't yeah. do. That people have complained about, you know, oh, I missed the campaign. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you don't, you can't get that Kickstarter right, edition. Right. Well, you know what? In the future, you just may be right. able to do that. You're right. Thanks yeah. to Zoom. So, I mean, uh, hey, listen, I, I hope they, I hope they stick around because yeah. that does yeah. seem to well, fill a different niche in the crowdfunding. And, you know, Kickstarter is absolutely fantastic. You know, Indiegogo has its uses, Patreon. Uh, but Zoop, I think it does fill a, fill a niche that, mm-hmm. um, for people. Yeah. Uh, who are looking for it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, so now to the briefs. And now the briefs. briefs are come. So Drops of God, the popular um, manga about wine, of all things, and wine appreciation, which has actually shaped the wine market in Japan mm. strongly. Any wine that is featured, and they're all real wines, immediately becomes a hit, um, has now been um, produced as a international collaboration television series between Legendary Pictures, Dynamic Television, France Televisions, and Hulu Japan. So I think their logic goes um, a lot of the wine scenes are set in France. So filming in France and also wine is relevant to France's interests. That's right. They it's like wine on- in France. I can tell you that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, in Japan, it's a very popular manga and um, America has money. So it is interesting that there appear to be some implied changes, although CBR and Variety seem to disagree on them a little bit. Mm. Um, in that it, it, the series will star, uh, French actress Fleur Geffier and Japanese actor Domahiso Yamashita in lead roles. Now these lead roles, according to CBR, are not actually named. Variety is assuming that, um, one of the two male lead roles will be flipped to female for um, for Fleur Giffier, but we don't know that for sure, according to CBR. So that should be interesting if it is the case. And also, it will be um, switching one of the main characters to French from Japanese, if that's the case. So uh, keep an eye out. You can find Drops of God in digital format. Now, the entire thing has been translated into English on Comixology. Yes. Yep. And it, uh, is series is free on the Kindle app and devices for Amazon Prime subscribers. And I, I have to say that when I saw it was becoming free, I was like, why are they pushing Drops of God again? 
Mm. And this would be were, why. They were shopping it around. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's great. And we ran an excerpt on uh, our, our panel mini excerpt yeah. back in 2019. Yeah. So go to com slash comics. There you go. I, I, I personally endorse this comic. I have read Thank it you. myself. And I myself don't even really drink wine. But it was very cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, you guys, when are we going to do another episode about, like, all the movies and TV shows that we've well, watched? Well, we need to. We need to. Need to How, did up? anybody want watch the Spider-Man trailer this week? I did watch or the Spider-Man Eternals trailer, trailer last week. I didn't week. watch that, but I did watch the You didn't Spider-Man. watch the Eternals trailer? Yeah, you know, I, what? Yeah, what do I know from Eternals? But I Calvin. did watch I did watch Spider-Man. Calvin. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. Uh, I also me? watched the uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. I watched Suicide Squad. We've never talked about the Loki series, which, no, which we haven't talked. Yeah. No. We, we haven't talked about any well, TV movies. We haven't in a long time. Because movies haven't really been an event. For the last year well, and a half, in the true. same way. Well, they've, they've kind of been an online event, but yeah. You know. yeah well, we talked about the Snyder cut. Yeah, we definitely talked we about. Well, you couldn't that avoid that. that. Yeah. So, yeah, you know what, guys? That was nearly six months ago. I know. So we need that to, was we need to step up our game yeah, we need to see on so, the movie side. So we should, uh, next time on our podcast, yeah. let's We let's could have a very special episode. Yeah, we'll let's pick out some movies and see if we can't all see them. Because, um, yeah, there's some good stuff coming. Yeah. Oh, boy, is there ever. So, yeah. Right. Or at least there's things to talk about. Yeah. All right. Because you know, there will be more to come. <laughs>